I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Being tired super early and feeling like an old man, like I'm almost, it's only like 1230 and I'm like, oh, you know what would be good is a nap. <laughs> I've, that, well, before I moved to, before I moved to LA, like my whole thing was on my days <clears throat> off from work, I would sit around, uh, I would, I would probably take a nap around two or three mm -hmm. and then go to bed like that was like like every day i didn't have to work that was kind of the thing then i go to la and i'm like no i just get up super late and go to bed super late so there's no point in that now i'm kind of falling slowly back into the i need a nap around two two thirty kind of block don't know what i'm gonna do with my day kind of thing god we're decrepit <laughs> We are. <laughs> Go check out our oh. fans only where it's just two old dudes. <clears throat> Speaking of how old we are, let's talk about a show from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. This is the FBI's Most Unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And today we are going to talk about a show from the 90s because we're old. In fact, uh, this is... Uh, <clears throat> Actually, midway through the 90s at this point, this is Season 2, Episode 15, Fresh Bones, written by Howard Gordon, directed by Rob Bowman, originally aired February 3rd, 1995. Um, yeah, this one, I just watched it and had kind of a hard time paying attention, so that should tell you some things about what I'm going to think about this episode as we get into it. So. Huzzah! <sighs> okay, so this one takes place in Folkestone, North Carolina, a.k.a. Vancouver, because everything is Vancouver, but in this one it is Folkestone, North Carolina, and it opens, and there's like a woman, she's in bed, and her baby's crying, and she's like, Jack, who I guess is her husband, you know, you figure it out, and the baby's crying, and she's like, Jack, are you in the, where are you, are you in the bathroom, do you still not, still not feel well, and he comes out, and he's like, what's the matter with you, don't you hear the baby's crying, and um, so there's something wrong with this dude, and then they're at the breakfast table and he's like trying to eat his cereal and she's like, hey, I want you to like go to the doctor and see like there's something obviously wrong with you. She's like, I want to eat my fucking cereal. Well, he doesn't obviously <laughs> say that, but he's basically just, I want to eat my breakfast. And then he hallucinates that there is maggots instead of cereal in his bowl and he gets up and leaves the house to go for a drive and he drives his car while he's in the car he hallucinates he sees himself in the rearview mirror as like a zombie kind of like dead person and he 
runs into... He's distracted by punching his rearview mirror. Yes! Distracted by punching his rearview mirror to break it, and he slams into a tree with a voodoo religious symbol drawn on it. So it's gonna be a voodoo episode. And this is this is where we get to I, I I'll I'll go ahead and say it. This is where we get to my first problem with the episode. One is uh, the main problem is I don't like things where like the spooky thing is voodoo. I don't I, number one I don't think it's scary. Number two like that's not how voodoo works, which is my real world knowledge impeding on. Uh, fiction and number three like it's kind of (laughs) racist yeah i mean i kind of got that same feeling as we go as you get through this episode you're just like oh oh like the (laughs) the episode isn't necessarily racist but just the using voodoo as like using a specific group of people uh, uh, using the major religion of Haiti to make uh, it seem like it's a scary thing in itself is just kind of like oh that's kind of racist <laughs> so. plus as we go through this episode there was just some things that were just kind of confusing revolving around the idea of what voodoo is slash mm-hmm. what it does to someone because i was just like what wait well just in terms of like talking real world like no movie or tv show that i've ever seen and granted i'm not gonna pretend i'm a voodoo expert i don't really know what it's really about i just know from reading about things that as far as I can tell there is no movie that it, or TV show that's ever done it right because they're always like ooh voodoo bones creepy things magic curse zombie scary <laughs> like so anyhow um Mulder and Scully get involved because this uh Mrs. McAlvin or uh wait is that that's the last name right i clicked away i think so mcalpin i said mc uh mrs mcalpin she's like well you know the military says it was suicide uh but i don't think it was suicide because of this voodoo religious symbol this veve or vv um, i assume it's pronounced veve um and they both came from in, you know, this is the second one from uh, this group of soldiers working at this INS, com- which um, one good thing about this episode is it's weird considering it was in 1995 and the theme of the episode is pretty much uh, still relevant because it's immigration and naturalization services keeping people from Haiti rather than uh, Mexicans or Muslims in the case of 2020, but uh, keeping people in a camp. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, in this case, they are refugees from Haiti. Uh, so Mulder and Scully are like, all right, that's weird. And 
you know, Mulder obviously is like voodoo and Scully's like, well, you know, the main reason voodoo works is because of power of suggestion, yada, yada. And so they go to this camp and they meet the uh, colonel. That, or, well, actually, no, first, excuse me. They're going through the camp and they meet this little boy who is like, hey, I'll sell you this protection bag of herbs and bones for like five bucks and um it's good luck and so then they go and they meet this dude colonel wharton who almost as soon as he's introduced you're like oh this is the actual bad guy of this episode yeah what one thing about this show that i've that's been consistent so far at least Mm -hmm. the last couple episodes is you know exactly who the bad guy is like yeah. immediately <laughs> it's super easy to tell that this dude obviously doesn't like any of these people from haiti because he's like bruh, bruh, we're marines we're not prison guards we're running this place and they're causing riots and harassing my men and they hate everybody they hate us all and we're underfunded and okay we get it dude you are big tough military guy who clearly doesn't like these people from another country because that's uh never mind i'm gonna say some politically charged things that i don't want to get us in trouble but i don't want to get us canceled at least not yet (laughs) Um, (laughs) um so he's like oh and the head of all these these troublemakers is this one guy um, and I just watched this episode and I already forgot this guy's name. Uh, uh, Pierre, Beauvais, uh, Beauvais. Pierre. Yes. His first name's Pierre yeah. Beauvais. And he's like saying all these cryptic things to Mulder in his processing cell about the water won't let us go home. And I just. So here's where my one of my like more on this kind of detail like mm-hmm. this is what one thing because while Mulder's off talking to Beauvais saying that yep. he is somehow behind this, Scully is goes to go get the body of I already forgot the mm. sorry the McAlpin McAlpin's body. Yep, and they go they like open the they open the thing and instead of finding McAlpin's do- uh, body is a carcass of a dog. Yep. And I and the 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 mortician or whatever, he's so calm about it. He's just like, "All right, who's screwing with well, me?" Not only like, that, he's terrible at his job. Like yeah. he uh <laughs> she's like, "Okay, so he's like, "Well, the cause of death was pretty obvious. He hit that tree going 60 miles an hour." And yeah. Scully's like, so they pronounced him dead on the scene, and he's like, well, no uh, no breathing, and his neck was, like, sagging onto his chest, so, uh, yep, I didn't even see the need to do an autopsy. Yeah, <laughs> and then he sees the, and sees the bodies missing, he's just like, alright, who is in here? God, right. it's like almost like a like a prank kind of deal. Like, right. There's all like right, this who did it. There's this like hideous dog carcass instead of the man carcass, and he's just like, huh. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird thing to be here right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, meanwhile, uh, also I skipped over when 
Mulder was going down to see uh, Beauvais, there was this uh, private <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Harry Dunham who was a friend of McAlpin and Mulder's like, so you were a friend with uh, Jack McAlpin, uh, Jack, uh, Jack McAlpin. Uh, why do you think he killed himself? He's like, I can't say. And Mulder's like, you can't say, or you won't say. Oh, <laughs> and, um, so Scully runs down to tell Mulder that the body's missing and she's like, Mulder, I have to tell you something. And Beauvais like, she's going to tell you that the body's missing. Ooh. <laughs> and um, so the body's missing. And they're driving away and they're having one of their uh, discussions about uh, supernatural versus reality and you know there's a phrase that's like i felt like they could have dived in a little bit more mm -hmm. but it literally it's scully just basically says the exact same thing every single time mm -hmm. which is scare tactic yes yep well and it kind of and they did kind of skip over what turns out to be the most interesting part of this entire episode which it is a scare tactic and it is she's right in this case, there is a medical, biological, reality-based explanation for all this stuff, and we get to it, but they I don't think they use it as well as they could. Yeah, because uh, near the end of this episode, it gets a little bizarre. Yes. Um, so they, they, you know, they're going down the road, and they almost hit McAlpin, the supposedly dead guy, and he's walking on down the road, and... Um, they bring him back to the camp, and they are like, well, he apparently can't or won't speak. He doesn't seem to know what happened to him. Uh, Mulder's like, I'm curious how he's even alive. And Scully's like, well, apparently he was never dead. Uh, and we, I just did his blood work, and the weird part is there was this uh, chemical in his system called uh tetrodotoxin which typically comes from the swim bladder yeah it comes from a, a part of a puffer fish it's a toxin it's it's, it's a toxin that is uh that when you uh, what is it? how they describe, well you mix it, it, it if in it's a lethal toxin uh but in very very small doses it can uh, slow down the heart rate and the breathing rate so that they appear clinically dead or so that a person can appear clinically dead and it uh, also supposedly makes people open to suggestion. taking suggestion and commands much better. Which, this is the part I feel like they didn't use as well as they should have because this is part of the quote-unquote real zombie because there is such a thing it's zombie dust they blow it in the face it supposedly um makes real zombies this is where the idea of zombies supposedly came from are the haitian zombies and it comes up a couple times in this episode but doesn't seem like it ever gets used as well as it could it really yeah i'm, I'm familiar with some of the haitian zombie stuff mm -hmm. and like, if I didn't, I totally would have been in the dark mm -hmm. of, like... Because, yeah, they kind of just over... Like, they 
they don't even mention really the usage of like zombie dust or even talk about the idea of the Haitians. I mean, Mulder kind of glosses over zombie dust uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all it made me think of was I swear up and down in this could be I'm pretty sure it's not a false memory but I seem to remember a episode a long time ago again probably around the same time the 90s uh, of unsolved mysteries that was all about zombie dust and they they the story was kind of about this guy who supposedly had gone missing from his family for years and then they were on a vacation in like Haiti or Jamaica or one of the island uh one of the islands off the southern coast of the United States and they found their loved one and he was just there like being a servant of some kind like he had just the story on unsolved mysteries was that he had been kidnapped by people and was being controlled by zombie dust uh, now I want to find that episode of Unsolved Mysteries. I bet it's better than this episode of The X-Files. Uh, which is weird to say on my X-Files show. Um, but it's, Hey, not all... not we, we, There's episodes of all kinds of shows that we love that we are like, this is bomb of the barrel. It's just bound to come up. That's true, that's true. Um, so they're like, alright, well... Uh, Maybe the first guy that was supposedly committing suicide is not dead either. This um, Guti this uh, guy Gutierrez. Let's go dig him up. So they go to dig him up. And they run into the graveyard keeper who, uh, surprise, surprise, is like, Oh, man, there's so many grave robbers around here. Like, you... They, they beat you to it. They already grave robbed him. And I'm like, wait, grave robbing is a... I'm thinking, just as I'm thinking to myself, wait, there are so many grave robbers in this this one, like, grave robbing is a... And it turns out, oh, yep, those voodoo people, they just grave rob my... They just body snatch all over the place in my graveyard. And the police are too busy worrying about protecting the lives of the living. So... Damn. Damn these kids in their grave robbing. I'm <laughs> like one property. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like now all the voodoo people in the area are just like grave robbing your cemetery dry. Like get the fuck out of here. And you would think after the first couple instances, because it only seems to be happening to him. You would think he would find ways to like. Well, he had a gun. Like, uh, He's like, yeah. that's why Ooh, I got this a gun. gun. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're being grave robbed so frequently. Like, you can't watch every grave <laughs> at the same <laughs> time. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, so they, while they're in the graveyard, they find the boy that sold Mulder the protection bag, and they're like, oh, God, we got to stop him. He's grave robbing. <laughs> and he's not grave robbing. He's collecting frogs, and Scully makes a pretty funny joke. She's like, maybe I should kiss, maybe I should just start kissing them and see if one of them is actually Private Gutierrez. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And this uh, little boy, his name's Chester Bonaparte, which is a pretty awesome name, if you ask me. <laughs> um, and they take him and they buy him French fries and stuff. And they're trying to get answers from him because he got out of the camp somehow. And he's like, pretty much the, oh, yeah, pretty much the only thing he said was he collects frost for Buffon, uh, for all his magic and, for all his magic stuff yep <laughs> yeah and then makes a hilarious kind of I, I thought it was funny just because it's very little kidish <laughs> he even made my he french made fries my, yeah. <laughs> that was really good oh he's so magic he made my french fries disappear <laughs> i love it that was pretty good i did like that oh um it's his way of getting more french fries out of Mulder. it's pretty funny uh, and when the boy gets up to go get french fries, Mulder's like, I didn't want to say anything before, Scully, but uh, we're being followed. You wait here and I'm going to go out. And he goes out and he finds out that out there in the parking lot, it's uh, the, the private from before that said he couldn't say anything. And Mulder's like, well, okay, what do you want to tell me? And he's like, you're in danger here. And Mulder's like, from what? And he's like, I'm not going to say with that little kid over there, not with him over there. And Mulder's like, why? <laughs> and, um, basically it comes out that Dunham is trying to tell Mulder and Scully that like the Colonel Wharton has been just ordering them to beat on the refugees and treat the refugees badly and stuff like that. Um, and he didn't want to say so earlier because he, uh, he's, I guess, afraid of Colonel Wharton. And so, uh, it, and I guess it all comes out that it's because um, Wharton doesn't like this Beauvais guy. So he's abusing the other people as a way to retaliate against Beauvais um so and then he like tells a random story that's kind of supposed to solidify the idea of voodoo being real yes that's true he does i almost forgot about this story he tells well i completely forgot about it because i was like was this i'm like okay like because he's like a whole story about like someone got crossed on a, on a mm -hmm. real estate deal his dad he's, he's like yeah, yeah my daddy back home he he crossed somebody on a real estate deal and then like or was it his dad no it was somebody some guy well, someone relayed to him anyway somebody crossed somebody on a real estate deal and then the daughter of the somebody that did the crossing like got real real sick and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her and then she died uh at midnight on her wedding day and when they did her autopsy there was like a bunch of snakes in her belly and Scully's like, that sounds like an old wives' tale to me. And he's like, nope, because I was the one that was supposed to be doing the marrying to her. And he walks away. And I'm like, okay, that story had nothing to do with fucking yeah, anything. It, yeah, I was just like, what's the point for this? Like, okay, like try to solidify the idea of voodoo being real. Oh, cool. You could have done that in a better way. <laughs> yep. And uh, while they're talking to Wharton, uh, uh, oop, I almost said Beauvais. I meant um, Bonaparte, Chester Bonaparte. He takes off running and Mulder chases him 
and I had the like the most inappropriate thought while Mulder's chasing him. I'm like, oh god, I'm watching a man chase a little boy through a creepy abandoned part of town. <laughs> And I just started, I could not stop laughing for that entire scene. I'm like, oh my God, Mulder just likes chasing that boy. (laughs) It's the 90s. You could get away with that. And uh, he's chasing him and chasing him and chasing him. And then the kid just disappears. Bang, gone. Disappears into thin air. I gotta say. Except for the cute kitty cat. Yeah, I gotta say though, that, that was actually a really cool little camera trick they did in order to mm-hmm. make that actually work without cutting away yeah like i'm like i'm like that's clever i like that yep it was pretty clever actually he he, he like dodges around something and then Mulder dodge goes right behind and the kid's already gone um <clears throat> pretty good uh and again it serves pretty much no purpose um so they go back to the camp i feel like i'm gonna sneeze and uh, so if you justin's gonna like see me making a bunch of weird faces as i decide whether i'm gonna get my phone ready so i can (sighs) use it for for the instagram page (laughs) (sighs) okay i think it's gone um so uh they go back to the camp and they burst in on the colonel he's like i'm having my breakfast (laughs) and scully's like or uh, Mulder's like that's okay we already ate (laughs) um but, you know, like, uh, turns out that that body's gone and, uh, turns out we've heard that you're beating these refugees up. And did you know that, uh, you know, abusing political refugees is a crime? And he's like, yeah, you get out of my office, basically. Um, and so they leave. Uh, well, and he does the get out of my office thing, but it, it not before he does his basically like, what about the white people rant where he's like, all these groups are p- crying about protecting these refugees. Nobody's talking about protecting my men. And it's basically blue lives matter. Only it's yeah. the Marines. So camo lives wet, matter. Wet lives, yeah. wet lives matter. Jarhead. What are the Marines? Are they the jarheads? Jarheads matter. Jarhead. Jarhead no jarheads are, uh, they're that's military, but it's not Marine. Anyway, uh, whatever. It's basically, I mean, it's almost the exact same thing as current political climate. And he's basically, I mean, this Colonel Wharton guy, he needs, uh, fucking boat on Lake Travis to drive around with a MAGA flag on the back is basically all it comes down to. Um, I don't care. Cancel us. I'm this guy. It's too, it's, it's right there. He's too, he's too fucking right wing to not make the comparison to these nut jobs, especially as the episode comes to a close. Um, he, he's, um, so they leave and they get in their car and Scully like cuts her hand and it, it on the steering wheel and she's like what the fuck and she takes a thorn like a twig like wrapped like a around, vine of thorns or yeah, something yeah like wrapped around the back of the steering wheel and as they drive off <gasps> there's the voodoo symbol under her car and she's been pricked which means she's probably got the t- toxin and you can figure that part out. Um, and then it turns out that Bo- uh, Beauvais, he gets, uh, he's been killed. They say, 
They say he they cut say his... suicide. Yeah, they say suicide, but obviously we know that's not true. Um, and so they're at their hotel, and Mulder somehow meets up with X because X so, is this is another just there. one that this is another thing that bugged me. Yeah, he walks he walks into his apartment or hotel yeah. room or whatever, and a ten of clubs or whatever mm-hmm. or ten of diamonds just falls, mm-hmm. and he's just and then like oh. Go to Route 10. Not only that, X is just there. His part in yeah. this episode is almost... I mean, he basically plays Captain Exposition. He sets the ticking clock is all he does. He's not really providing anything super helpful because in terms of the overall plot, except for they meet up and X is like... Well, you and Scully, they're they're going to call you back to Washington and the camp is going to be restricted to military personnel only. They're they're just scrubbing all the existence. They're not going to send they're not going to repatriate the the Haitian. They're just basically going to make all of the these refugees disappear and um it it all happened because and Mulder's like so Wharton is just persecuting all these people because some of the men that were in Haiti actually did kill themselves and Wharton blames everybody in Haiti because some of his men killed himself. And that turns out, yep, uh, that's basically true. And they're going to make all those Haitian refugees basically disappear. uh, And Congress isn't going to be able to do anything about it. So yeah. Yeah. That's the meeting with X um, Scully, Scully then yeah. find she's starting to hallucinate in her hotel room. She's like, not she's not like having real hallucinations, but she starts to notice that like her skin is getting really pale and everything. Hot. Oh, yeah. And she finds uh, Private Dunham dead in Mulder's bathtub, uh, and Mulder. Meanwhile, catches Private McAlpin, who's apparently back up and walking around and talking. He's holding a bloody knife. And so they go back to the camp again. And McAlpin's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. like, uh, and Wharton is like, I told him all about everything that's been going on. And he seemed like, and so Mulder's like, did you force, like, you can't force somebody to confess. Like, you need to tell me you didn't force him to confess and I need to go talk to Beauvais and this is when Wharton says nope Beauvais killed himself even though we watched him get beaten to death earlier (laughs) by uh, a soldier who basically told Wharton man I did not sign up to beat prisoners to death Um, again seems a like it is uh, pretty relevant. Um, I mean, it kind of is considering there's still camps with children. And considering and people still murder prisoners. But, uh, <laughs> so the end gets really weird here. Um, well, they go, they after that, they go to McAlpin's wife because she wanted to see them. Right, and she gives them a picture of Wharton with Beauvais in Haiti, and I'm not sure... Which, that photo made me laugh so hard because of how 
how shitty it is. Right, and I also don't know what it was supposed to... Prove. It had no like, proof to anything. Like, it didn't seem like it proved anything really, except that they're like, okay, now we need to go back to Colonel Wharton's office for some reason... So, I'm assuming the I'm assuming the the photo was supposed to be them both involved in like a voodoo ritual of I some think sort. So, but the whole but if they if that was the case, that whole photo didn't show any of that. It just showed the, the two of them close yeah, together so in a I, gathering. That was weird. it. Weird. And they go to his office and they find that Dunham and McAlpin both had filed complaints about Wharton. Because, obviously, he was treating the prisoners badly, and they were like, they were going to testify. And, oh, by the way, so was Gutierrez. And here are his bones in a box in Wharton's office. I'm like, dumbest criminal ever if he just has a trunk in his office full of the bones of people he murdered. But he needs bones for his voodoo. I guess, because then they go to the cemetery where supposedly uh, Beauvais is going to be buried, but Wharton, for some reason I don't understand, is performing voodoo over Beauvais' coffin, I guess because they were friends once? I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. It seems like he's giving them a proper voodoo burial for no reason other than... I don't know. And Mulder runs in to, like, stop him because Scully's not feeling well, so she stays in the car. And while Mulder runs in, uh, Wharton stabs a thing that's supposed to represent Mulder, and Mulder, like, falls down. So he assumed Mulder would show up. And this is, like, within, like, an, a couple hours of them finding stuff in his office. Yeah. And it makes so, no sense. Uh, in one of the best parts of the episode, though, Scully starts to hallucinate. And she looks down at the little wound on her hand. And an entire man rips his way out of her hand and starts that to... That was awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, he rips right out of her hand and starts to choke her until she sees the good luck bag hanging there and grabs the good luck bag and suddenly snaps out of the spell that she was under. I don't know. And then the cat, the cat's there and the cat's there. And then in the cemetery, Beauvais pops out of his uh, coffin and blows zombie powder in Wharton's face And then Scully arrives to assist Mulder, and she's like, well, Wharton's dead. And Mulder's like, yeah, Beauvais killed him, but Beauvais is still in his coffin. And Scully is like, no, he's dead too, so I don't know what the hell happened here. And so the next day, they're loading all the refugees up to, I guess, send them back to Haiti? Or turn them into American... I think they're sending them back to Haiti, although if they're... They're sending them back to Haiti If they're refugees in our country, aren't they here because they didn't want to be in Haiti? I don't... I don't know. It's very... It's so muddy what they were trying to accomplish. And then they find out, Chester's been dead the whole time. He's the boy they kept talking about that died in the riot six weeks earlier. Um... And then the episode ends 
on probably the scariest thing in the whole episode because it's so real world terrifying Wharton being buried alive yeah oh boy and that's the end of Fresh Bones yeah um this uh, this episode was a crapshoot uh like they had really cool stuff that they could have done some really good practical effects Mm -hmm. and some cool like little jump scare stuff that I really appreciate. But overall, this was so confusing and it never really felt like it was going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it like, like a C minus. Mm. The only thing that saved it was like the little, like was like, the, the give it a C minus was the whole little bit where that guy just comes out of Scully's hand. I'm like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a nice little touch. Yeah, I'm also not super fond of this episode. I think I made it clear. I did find it interesting revisiting it. How much of it literally played in an episode of 1995 like it was commenting on things happening now in the last two years. Um, But beyond that, I think that I said at the top of the episode, I don't think voodoo makes for good stories in the horror genre for a variety of reasons i think i'm right there with you i think it's like a c-minus type episode yeah yeah so next week is uh i think this next week is the first part of a two-parter let me just double i think it's called the colony yeah next week is called colony yes it is the first part of a two-parter it's colony and Endgame and Avengers are in this? Yes, the Avengers are in it, only they're a very different type of Avengers. They are (laughs) Avengers and they are doing something with aliens. We'll talk about it. There's there's aliens involved and there is well, next week we're only talking about Colony. We're not talking about Endgame, but uh we will talk about Endgame the episode after that. So Hell yeah. That's it for this week. Goodbye. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.